On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. This is Innovation and Leadership, where we interview Navy SEALs, venture capitalists, pro athletes, best-selling authors, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of high achievers as we can get to come on the show. Today's episode is going to be from our mini-series that we created with Corporate Alliance, asking top CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs who have had very large exits, specifically about their thoughts on leadership and people. Troy, thanks for making time. You bet. Thank you, Jesse. So for people who don't know, you guys are, you know, over a hundred million dollar a year uh, electric company. You got, you know, over 600 staff. Um, you, uh, you know, we obviously uh, hang out a bit and I was pretty stoked to hear that you guys grew by 73% last year. There's a lot of presidents of companies that would like to do that. Um and and these are not just run of the mill. You guys are doing solar. You're doing mining. You're doing you know the entire I-15 corridor in Utah County. Um, you know the Vivint Smart Home Arena renovation where the Jazz play. Um, I guess my first question here is um, for people who don't have a company with such diverse divisions as you guys. Um, what's a what's a unique thing that you have to do in leading such such diverse business groups? Almost because you have. It's almost like you guys have six companies in one company. Yeah, that's that's exactly uh, how we're structured, and and we talk about all the time that one of our biggest strengths um, is having these different profit centers that are basically uh, the best in the industry, uh, specific to that that side of it. They're the true professionals in these different groups, and. So that that's our biggest strength. Um, we're able to be in these different markets and be a turnkey solution to all of our clients. But even though it's our biggest strength, it's also our biggest challenge. And, and we talk openly about that on a regular basis with our management group, um, making sure that communication is happening. Um, because when, when you are uh, so spread out in a company doing all these different types of work, uh, communication is key. Keeping everybody... Um, keeping the straight vision in front of everybody, letting us all, uh, making sure all of our team members are aligned and we're heading uh, in the right direction. Um, And a lot of how we pull that together is focusing on our clients, our customers. We, uh, at the end of the day, you have uh, different groups providing different services, um, but to our client, we want it to look like one. Uh, We want it to be uh, simplified for them, easy and uh, headache free. So, so really, uh, when we all get kind of get, get going in different directions and get fractured, we, we like to pull it back and focus on our client, um, to keep that alignment and keep that communication going. Um, and it's, uh, has a lot of different benefits being in all those, uh, different areas. And at the end of the day, it's, uh, adds a lot of value to our clients and our customers. So 
so what does that look like at a tactical level? If there's somebody who's running a company or they're, you know, they're head of some division who's listening to this and they've got, you know, diverse workforces here, what, what does that look like focusing on the customer? Is this at a meeting people are coming in and they're talking about the customer to each other? What is that like nuts and bolts? What does that look like at your firm? Um, you know, when you break it down, we're, we're a real uh, goal oriented company. And so really making sure that everybody's goals are aligned um, and, and making sure that uh, the communication that's happening. So if on a tactical level, we, we have internal meetings on a regular basis that are, are making sure that those lines of communication are happening. Um, we try to establish process, processes of who's taking point um, so that there's some kind of a, an accountability chain uh, for, for everybody internally. That way they kind of know, it, it, depending on the type of job or the type of service, they know who's taking point. And I think that's a critical thing. I think when you, you get a lot of people eager to uh, please and do a good job, um, and if, if they don't know that chain of command, um, then that's where things I think get uh, fractured the most and start to break down. So we, we've established that line. So when we go into something, people know who's taking point on it and, and where the part and piece that they play to the success of the project, um, and fall into it. So hopefully that answers your question. Well, um, here's the thing. I, you know, I don't think that would necessarily surprise anybody, but I think the context of how, you know, how busy you guys are that might make a bit more sense. I mean, didn't you guys do like almost one project a day last year? Didn't you do like 360 projects last year? We did. Um, yeah, a very large uh, volume of uh, projects. And um, obviously that's a, a bunch of small projects all the way to very large, uh, complex projects. Um, one, one thing we always try to remind people uh, when they're trying to tackle something, it's the old uh, elephant in the room, take one bite at a time. So the same concept when you're, when you have very large projects or you have a lot of volume of projects, it's really simplifying things and breaking them down into small bite-sized pieces that you can, uh, that you can go and tackle. And um, I think one thing, you know, we had a lot of growth this last year and I think, one thing that led to our success in that is we had a lot of great things and a lot of great people in place. And when everybody is aligned and they're energized to uh, accomplish that same goal together, um, we don't have a lot of big egos here. Um, and that's another key part of our, our team and uh, the people here at Hunt Electric is uh, they can check their ego at the door. Um, they can roll their sleeves up. Uh, and go to work and um, be a part of the solution, figuring out the best way to do it. When you have that kind of uh, teamwork and energy, you can you can accomplish a lot of things. And we've been pretty fortunate that we we have great people. Um, we we spend a lot of time uh, sharing a lot of information. Um, I think that's a unique thing is the amount of information that we share is probably more than most. Uh, companies do. Let, let's very... talk about that for a second. Yeah. Like, okay, because you guys are doing these huge projects, Utah Olympic Park, where they had the 2002 Olympics, you know, the Salt Lake Airport, the primary children's hospital, obviously, you know, the NBA arena where the jazz play, right? Um, 
you know, two things I want to pick up on is, is that the humility thing of like, what does that look like practically um, for, you know, all sorts of businesses would like to claim our folks check their ego at the door, but I'd love to hear, you know, how it is that you guys incentivize that or encourage that or set the example for that at, at Hunt and then where you just left off here. Yeah, I, you know, when it, it really comes down to that, uh, the, the common goal, um, realizing what, what we're trying to accomplish as a, com uh, a company. Um, and, and really, you know, I am going to take it back to the, to the customer or the client. Um, when ultimately everybody is working uh, to make sure that we exceed the expectations of our client and we're doing the very best job that we can for, for our customers, that kind of gives them that, um, you know, that, that ability to check their ego and realize that at the end of the day, that's what's most important. Um, and not so much, uh, what, what their success, uh, is going to be. They recognize that's the other thing when you have good leadership, you know, and management groups, um, they recognize what, what people are contributing. Um, they, they're in tune to that and they usually will recognize when somebody's, uh, um, not only checking their ego at the door, but they're, they're really putting somebody else first. Um, and I, I think that's probably the more, uh, critical piece of it is they're, they're looking at what the client, what's best for the client. And then internally, uh, you know, they're, they're responsible for hitting certain goals or hurt, hitting certain numbers and different things, but ultimately they're willing to, uh, put somebody else or another group in front of them and put them in a better position because they know that the outcome uh, for the client is going to be better. And, and they know that as a company, as a whole, um, that that's, what's most important to us. And, and I think when you have good leadership that recognizes that, and is really uh, tied in and paying attention to what these groups are doing and what these different teams are doing. Um, and they can, they can see that they're uh, putting other people first and that they're, you know, sometimes taking one for the team um, ultimately for the success of uh, the, the project or whatever we're working on. Um, that's, that's what I think has led to our success and being able to be, uh, the best in these different industries and being able to do all these different things. And, you know, it doesn't matter how big the job is or how small the job is. We, we, you know, we're, we're known for being able to tackle those very complex, uh, very difficult type projects. Um, but if you look at, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we did almost a job a day last year. So that tells you the core part of our business are smaller jobs. Uh, your everyday type jobs and and those jobs are just as important to us as these very large complex jobs so how so do you that's yeah but i, I want to talk about this because i think all sorts of leaders would like to be able to claim those things about their organizations right and it's one thing to say you need to have good leadership at the top what that doesn't happen by accident right what happens normally is um, so-and-so, they want to do a good job, but they want everyone to know they're the one who did the good job. You know, naturally, as organizations get bigger and get bureaucratic, it's like, you know, they're really worried about their division more than they are about the organization. Um, so th thinking about you guys, especially as you have grown and, and you've got the reputation you've got, 
Um, what does that look like for you guys of, of, you know, anybody can put a poster on the wall. How do you get the kind of leadership you've got there? Uh, we, we've been very blessed <laughs> with, uh, with just good people. And, you know, when you, what you're breaking down there, um, if you want to get into the, the, the granular part of that is ultimately recognition. You know, if, if somebody is willing to put somebody else first, um, and they're focused on the client, they're doing these different things The ultimately, if they were focused on themselves and, and making themselves look good, um, might not be the best decision for our customer or client or, or even for the company. Um, and it's, it's kind of short vision for themselves. When you break that down to the granular side, I think good, good leadership is recognizing when people are doing that. And I think people are more comfortable with doing it when they realize that their leadership, um, their management group uh, recognizes what they're doing. So I think that's the more important part. I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, uh, companies are in business to, to make a profit and um, a lot of us that, you know, we're, we're responsible for uh, having a successful business or a business unit um, in our cases with these different groups. Um, but when they recognize they're doing that and their leadership, you know, directly goes to them and says, hey, I really appreciate it. I recognize that, uh, you know, you could have handled that completely different. And I really appreciate you being aligned with um, our vision and where we're going and what we're doing as a whole, a lot of times that's more meaningful for them. And it, and it, uh, um, it makes them more at ease that, uh, their management, the ones ultimately who are responsible for holding them accountable to hitting certain numbers are doing different things that they know they recognize. And I, that sounds fairly simple. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest challenges. I think, uh, uh, a lot of people get busy, they get running 100 miles an hour, and they, they maybe miss some of those things um, and don't recognize them. Um, or they recognize them, but maybe they don't verbalize them to their people. And that's something we're focused on. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely not the best at everything. We're continually, uh, uh, just like everybody else, trying to get better, do better job at it. Um, but I, I think that's what's unique with our management team. I think they do a great job of that. I think they're, they're willing, uh, to go to work and help someone else succeed. Um, that's the other thing too, is I think, I think most companies, when you're working towards a common good, they know that that's going to come around someday that, uh, ultimately they may put somebody else first and help that person succeed, but they know that's going to come back someday and that that person is going to uh, do the same thing for them. And I, I think that's kind of the common thing. I think, you know, back to when we uh, started this conversation, how we're structured, we have all these multiple divisions. Uh, we do, you know, solar, uh, renewable energies. We do high voltage transmission distribution substation. We do traffic, heavy highway. We do infrastructure. We do technology, which is all your AV systems and telecom and fiber. Um, we do mining and industrial, we do electrical automation, we have a uh, full engineering group internally, we have a service group. So when you have all these different groups that are truly the best in their industry um, and they're working uh, and having to be responsible for uh, 
performing at a high level for their group. It's a separate profit center. Um, it it takes that constant, uh, you know, back to checking your ego and that constant focus on realizing that ultimately uh, we're going to focus on what the whole company in a whole, what what the vision is there, what the goals are there. And then I'm going to play my part in that, but I, I, I'm confident in doing that because um, ultimately I know leadership recognizes what I'm doing. It's interesting, this idea of so often we get what we pay for. And I, you know, and I don't necessarily mean with money, although bonuses and stuff like that can be great too, but like what we pay for with recognition, what we pay for with promotions, right? Like everybody in the company sees who's getting promoted and the guys who work with them know what he's really like right? Is he just somebody who makes the numbers or is he somebody who makes the numbers and actually treats everybody like a real life human while he does it? You know, you think about, like you said, the like, it takes that extra bit of time to go tell somebody that you recognize that they took one for the team, right? Make, reminds me of that, uh, you know, Warren Buffett always talks about using the Dale Carnegie book as his leadership manual, the how to win friends and influence people. And there's that quote of a uh, once I did bad and that I heard ever twice I did good, but that I heard never, yep. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah. like taking, like you pay for it with your time too. Right. And, and what leaders pay for with recognition, with, with, you know, the time to give that recognition with the promotions, like people clue in, Oh, that's how you get ahead here. Right. Um, yep. And I know that you, you know, you're being humble here and, and not talking about setting the example of self-development. Maybe in episode two, we'll go into, uh, we'll go into that a lot more. Um, well, we may as well right now. We, we've got a few minutes left here, a couple minutes left on this episode. Um, obviously, you guys are doing great. You're growing, grew at 73% revenue last year. You, um, you've got this incredible reputation in your, in your marketplace. Um, but yet, half the time when I'm calling you to go to lunch, you're like, oh, Jess, I'm flying out to that national peer group to hear what the other guys are doing to see what I can learn. Um, talk about talk about taking the time to set the example on self-development in there and, and why you, you know, incur the cost and expense to go to groups like that. Or, you know, you and I are obviously both in, in corporate alliance and go and talk to other executives there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, absolutely crucial to uh, continually grow and learn. Um, I think you know, as you're, as you're in business, um, that is really setting the example for your other team members and other people around you is they want, they want to see that you're focused on continuous improvement yourself and, and, and you're open about it. You're, you're trying to, uh, you know, focus on, I'm a big believer of focusing on your strengths, uh, less on your weaknesses, um, and best, you know, capitalizing on those. But I think when, your team members, they, they realize you're willing to invest in that. Um, you know, corporate Alliance has definitely been, uh, uh a great uh, partnership to be able to surround yourself with like-minded people. I think, I think that's one of the, uh, the fastest ways you can learn is just surrounding yourself with amazing people, um, that have not only had success, but has also, uh, gone through some of the, the challenges and different things. I mean, ultimately, that's where you learn. Um, we are members of uh, peer groups that are more industry-specific to electrical. Um, and I have learned so much from uh, those those group of individuals. And when they're willing to sit down and um, c 
connect and truly want to help make you better uh, as a person and, and help your organization. Um, in turn, you hope that you can do the same thing for them. Uh, that, that it does a lot. And then when you bring that back to your people and, you know, it's, it's difficult to, uh, tell your team or your people around you that you want them to grow. You want them to progress. They need to focus on these areas. Um, here are some of their strengths and here, here's how they can best improve on those and those types of things when, when they don't see you doing it yourself. Right. Um, I definitely think it's better in a group setting. I, you know, a lot of our leadership meetings that we lead here, um, I'm heavily involved in them. I'm leading them myself and, and they're, I'm not the teacher in it. It's more as a group We're we're all the teachers and we're all together helping each other become better. Well, <clears throat> you know, I think most leaders would love to go do stuff like that. At least that's what they say. But, um, you know, you're doing 360 projects a year. You're growing at the growth rate you're growing. You got to track your 600 employees. Can you talk for just a minute and, and maybe we'll close the episode with this, but can you talk for just a minute about having the discipline to build the kind of organization that allows you as the president to do that and, and just the discipline that when the whirlwind of life, you know, the vortex is trying to suck you into, oh, it'd be great to go to that, Troy, but you should stay here and put out this fire. Just like how it is that you stick to that long-term vision over the short-term phone ringing fire alarm going off. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a challenge. I, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a clear picture on what you're trying to achieve and, and, um, where you're going and what you're doing, it's, it's easier to invest that time. Um, I think probably, uh, you know, if you were to ask multiple leaders, uh, what, what their biggest challenge is, is time. It's that balance. It's, you know, where do I focus my time, my energy, um, and you know, to, to, for me, um, I have a clear vision of, I need to be able to myself as a leader, I've continually got to challenge my team. I've got to be able to challenge them with new ideas and uh, provoke thought that is, is going to get them thinking outside the box. I need to constantly, uh, be stretching them and helping them grow. And ultimately, if I'm, I'm not investing in that time to go out and, and work with people who are doing the same for me, who are causing me to stretch and think outside the box and um, challenging me on a regular basis, um, ultimately, I'm not going to be positioned well to do that for my team. So when, when I make those time commitments, um, you know, I think ultimately... We've got great people here. That's another thing that allows me to do that is um, having good people that uh, and they recognize the value there. So, I, I I think ultimately it comes back to that. I think it comes to uh, knowing where we're going and what we need to do, um, understanding the value uh, that on self development and and me as a leader in challenging my people. I think that's probably the most important part of leadership in my mind is that you're ultimately helping those leaders become better leaders. And, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say that I'm the best leader in this company. And I wouldn't say that, uh, 
I, I'm definitely not the most smartest either. I there we have some incredibly smart people here, some fantastic leaders, but I I would be willing to say that I challenge them on a regular basis. I I stretch them, I make them think outside the box. I think I make them look at things differently. Um, I I try to get them on a a regular basis to uh, see what things are changing in the industry and not get complacent with where how things have been done for years after years, especially in the construction industry. Uh, technology and and how quickly things are progressing and growing, um, staying focused on those things. So I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think they realize that uh, I'm doing it and I'm, I'm bringing it back and I'm going to help them grow because I'm going to I'm going to challenge them. So um, can you give us one specific of you went to one of these things and this was the thing that that really challenged the way that I'd always done things and the status quo. And uh, I really had to consider maybe we should be doing that, too. Is there any kind of, you know, big aha that you had by spending this time that you can think of a specific? Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it is. Um, yeah, I labor challenges right now. You know, I think every every industry right now is challenged for hiring, uh, being able to hire enough help and, and good people. And, you know, there's so we're 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 focused on that. We're focused on hiring people. But that's difficult right now. Um, and so, what, yeah, what's something that someone told you that made you think about it different? Um, you know, in some of our peer groups, it was recognizing that there are things you can do to eliminate labor that will help that situation versus just hiring more people. So when you can drive uh, more efficient processes, you can. Uh, we do a lot of internal manufacturing, prefab, things like that, pushing the limits there um, to reduce that in the field um, labor. It helps us with that labor shortage and it helps us be more competitive. It helps us uh, drive those different things. So I, I think that's a specific one. I think, uh, you know, we, we've always done that to a, to a limit, but taking it to the next level, um, having that be part of the solution moving forward uh, for an aging, aging population that the construction industry is dealing with. Is that's that's part of one of the keys there. So we've definitely been challenged with that um, to think outside the box, and we're currently right now we're uh, uh, adding to the size of our manufacturing that we're going to do, um, and we're going to look at things a little differently. We're going to turn that into part of our training platform, um, and ultimately we think that's going to be part of that solution. But hopefully that's a good example for you. Yeah. Why, why do you think, I mean, I remember when we were going on a tour and there's these spools as big as we are, you know, sitting there on your floor, right? Um, out in the warehouse. Why do you think it took going to a group like that to, to realize we can double down on this? Um, that's a good question. I, I think some of the, the most valuable takeaways isn't sometimes a roadmap. It's not the exact oh, this is what somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. um, here's the roadmap. Here's how we're going to come back and do this. There are definitely takeaways that are or that kind of scenario. But um, I think I think more it's it's a lot of times as a group, as a think tank. Um, challenge, once again, when you're challenging each 
each other to look at something differently, you you have that aha moment. You have those different things that are, are takeaways. That it's like, okay, we we're gonna lead this. We're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna um, we're gonna change. We're gonna invest heavily into these types of things, and we're gonna get ahead of it. It you know just a lot of times um, it's you know when you're when you're constantly looking down the road. And you're analyzing what the what the challenges are going to be and what those things are in front of you, and then you have the opportunity to have people that challenge your your thought process and how you look at things, and then just culturally, we're a company that uh, thinks outside the box and are always looking at how we can improve things. That that ultimately is what has led to that decision, and some of those different decisions to come back and say, okay, we're 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 not going to sit around and wait for somebody else to figure this out. We're going to figure it out ourselves, and and not be afraid to uh, jump into it and go for it. Love it. Well, listen. Um, let's close here. This is a great place to end part one of the uh, interview. Um, maybe let's end with either um, one of the best pieces of advice you ever received, or something you wish you could tell a younger version of yourself. Um, are you asking me which one I want to do? Yeah. Pick, pick one of those and give us an answer. Um, man, I'll, I'll go with what just immediately popped in mind, Jess. So let's, let's go with uh, a younger version of myself. Yeah. What, what's something you would tell a younger version of yourself? Um, I, you know, for me, um, it's, it's being patient. It's, uh, you know, just by nature, um, I'm I, I'm an energized person. I'm a really aggressive, go get it type person. Um, I think you know. I look at some of these younger generation uh, uh, kids. You know, I think millennials get kind of a bad rap, in my opinion. I think they're some very hardworking, uh, smart, intelligent, great individuals in that group um, of generation. And I think the biggest uh, advice I would give to them is be patient. Um, there's a lot, a lot of opportunity to learn uh, on the road, and and I think uh, people get get moving too quickly, or they want certain things too quickly, and they don't take the opportunity to learn um, those different things that you learn along the way that ultimately are going to allow you to be successful in the long run and and stay in a successful position and moving forward. Um, I think I think that's probably the biggest piece of advice I would I would give somebody is be patient, um, take the opportunity to learn uh, along that path. I love that. I uh, I'm kind of chuckling at this end because, you know, because people aren't seeing you here on an audio interview, people don't you know. There's going to be a lot of people that don't know you've got biceps as big around as my waist, and <laughs> that you like you know you go bear hunting with just a bow and arrow and get like 20 feet away from a bear. Cause on this interview, you sound like this calm, nice guy. So, uh, it's funny because I am a calm, nice guy, right? <laughs> but, uh, I don't think that people would just by listening, know kind of you, that you are a hard charger. So I, I think that's great advice. Um, it's interesting to think of who couldn't benefit by being more patient. It's just so universal, but yet conquering ourselves and becoming that way is certainly not universal. Right. Right. Absolutely. Love it. I get what? Oh, I, I, you know, one, one thing I've been taking the opportunity to do is uh, sit in with a lot of our new hires, some of our high potential uh, young people. And that, 
I give them a lot of advice, but that's that's the one I hit the most. Um, is is be patient, let things uh, grow and happen for you, um, and and don't take uh, being patient for being complacent. You know, definitely grow and stretch yourself and learn, uh, but but be willing to put in the time. Um, that's where the lessons come from. That's great. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in to part two. We're going to ask Craig Troy about how to grow a $100 million company. Um, thanks, uh, thanks for your time, Troy. Thank you, Jess. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.